All right. Welcome to the Utility Podcast, episode four. Exciting. Uh, my name is Jeff Excel. This is Bernardo. Hello, everyone. And Michelle. Hi, everyone. Oh, no. I forgot how to pronounce your name. Full Yoon. <laughs> Full Yoon. That's right. I'm so sorry. Everyone struggles with it. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I'm also... A I'm so bad at remembering things. So Michelle is a photographer, creative director. Um, she's a principal of Studio Collective, which I'm sure we'll get into. Um, she has works on Super Rare and OpenSea, a couple fantastic collections. And she's been collected by Raw Dow and other fantastic collectors. Unfortunately, not myself so far because I'm getting priced out. Um, <laughs> she's <bad>. fine. Um, <laughs> Utility is presented by Big Hug Studios. Um, Big Hugs is a PFP project that's minting on Optimism in July. Um, it's me and my friend CDR, and it's fabulous art. And we've been working on it for seven months, and we're really excited about it. Um, this project will fund and jumpstart Big Hug Studio, which we're already kind of building here with this podcast. Um, this is our first venture, so we do intend to continue to build. Um, please join us in the Discord, or just follow us on Twitter, or, you know, come hang out. Or just listen to this, that's also fine. Yes. And for today's podcast, um, we have, um, again, some news. We are going to speak with, with Michelle. We are going to have uh, the third rail that this time is going to be. Are we going to make it? Question mark. Um, are we? So we'll discuss a little bit that. Um, and then in the end, we will have some treasure hunt. So on the news today, we are going to talk about Keth Seamard going to Solana. We are going to talk about a gallery from our, one of our friends, someone who is carrying his grandfather's legacy and missing me and Jeff missing all the fun from New York. So we have Michelle here that is broadcasting from the Big Apple. And we are going to speak about that. Um, just this, some disclaimers. None of this is financial advice. Uh, it's not really even art or collecting advice. We're basically just here talking with the people in the NFT photography community, um, checking in on them, talking about what's going on. And, you know, it's a little gossipy, but we like that. Um, but yeah, don't, uh, don't buy stuff based on what we say. Definitely don't do that. So, um, how was your guys' week? I'm assuming someone's week was a little bit more exciting than ours. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot, as you can hear, my voice is sort of starting to exit the building. Um, but it's been incredible, you know, being able to be here um, or any event for that matter. I think the we've been sorely lacking human interaction. And there's something really beautiful that happens when creatives are physically in the same space together. Um, you know, just having an open dialogue. That's how collaborations start, how ideas start. And it's so much more organic in a setting like this where we've got thousands of creatives, of photographers, artists, collectors, all coming together. And there's, it's just been incredible. It was my first experience coming to NFT NYC. Um, and yeah, I absolutely loved it. I definitely wasn't prepared enough for how exhausting it was going to be. So <laughs> I've definitely learned a lot. Um, but yeah, the week has been incredible. Yeah, uh, my week, you want to know about my week has been um, 
the antithesis of Michelle's because I've been <laughs> diagnosed with COVID and I've been in this room that today is with this on top so no one can see where am I because the room has been my house for a week so <laughs> I've actually I've been so bored that I started to um started to try to learn to code so it was my project and yeah I'm trying to do some things trying to achieve something like this that will take me years to achieve but well it's a good a good goal I, Jeff, I love we cannot that. listen to you is that your art yes now we can listen to you um yeah um I'm very jealous. I've just been sitting here thinking about, well, I was here last year. I was like, well, I'm just new in the NFT scene, so I don't really need to go. And then this year I was like, I'm definitely going. And then I just don't think I built up enough like dad points, you know, to like <laughs> fail. Because it's a Which tall is, order. <clears throat> I mean, you know, it's just when you have a seventh month old, that's just how it goes. So yeah. I was all prepared to go mentally and then I was like no I'll stay here and honestly it's been depressing like especially seeing photos like um who did that really big get together where it was like it was like 55 photographers they were all gonna like go shoot photos and I was like where are you gonna go shoot yeah. photos except for yeah, we did were that you in yesterday. That? Was yeah that I think Michelle you were in that photo weren't you yeah yeah it was myself Billy D um Mike Il Concept um and jeremy sleeping pains um and a whole bunch of Monaris as well um we just they've been doing it for three years so big flowers to them this was the first time that i could join um but it's been amazing you know just being able to it's less about the photography and more about being able to connect with the community and giving everyone a chance i mean we had collectors show up we had people that had never hold a camera show up we had photographers that's been doing this their whole life show up um, and again, I think it's testament to the space that everyone truly is welcome. And to see that turnout is incredible. I mean, the weather was a little bit miserable and absolute troopers. We walking over the bridge, started to rain. Everybody was like, cool, let's go. <laughs> so it was really, really cool just seeing the community come together like that. Yeah, yeah. I was just talking to our guest last week, Karen, um, just on DMs. And I was like, she's like, oh, did you see what was going on there? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, well, you know, I was like, yeah, I really feel like I'm missing out here. And she was like, well, why do you feel like you're missing out? Because I think she was looking at all like the doodles stuff and like, you know, like the hype, yeah. the hype machine, which is I get is kind of gross. But I was like, you know, for me, it's just I've been talking to people for an entire year online and I, I don't know who they are. Like, I don't really know who they are. Yeah. And that sucks. Like, I just want to meet like you two and like everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So that was I the funnest part. No, no, go, go, Michelle. Oh, no, no, no. That was just the funnest part for me is going, all right, well, I know you as like a JPEG of a doodle or a dead fellas or a monkey or an ape or whatever. And being able to see who the person is, it's like, was it close to what you expected or not? And usually it's like totally not what you expected. And I love that. So, yeah. Yeah. I had a little bit of this whenever it was NFT Lisbon. Yeah. Um, and I met Omar, I met Grayson there, Fidel. Yeah. So I think it's a, it's like a little bit smaller than the New York because it was a small conference, but I think they are going to start to do this every year. So yeah. you guys are invited to come. 
because next Lisbon one, I'll be there. And, I can't wait. And it's closer to other people, you know, because people from Europe, well, it's a little bit complicated to go to the United States and stay there. It's super expensive, yeah. though, as well. So Yeah, yeah. Especially, I mean, I'm traveling in from Cape Town, South Africa, so I'm converting Rand to dollars. And, of course, I mean, we can go back into how ETH is bleeding at the moment. So it is, it's pricey, and it's also far for a lot of people to come. Um, so being having something in Europe and having it be more central will definitely be a lot more like accessible for a larger portion of the community that can't make it through. Yes, here. come to come to Lisbon. Yeah, Max free. Yeah, I love it. It's more affordable, here. closer. Yeah. Time yeah. is less, so it's like <laughs> correct. And you, Jeff? Just depressing week, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. like ninety-eight in Ohio. It's terrible. Yeah. Okay. So. Going to the news a little bit. So these past weeks, we had a few few news that we wanted to talk about. Um, not a lot of happened in the last week because of New York NFT. Um, nevertheless, I think we wanted to mention the fact that Kath Seamard, that is a photographer that is quite known in our space, has minted a picture in Solana on the exchange called um, Exchange Art, I think. And the photo is called Alone, Not Lonely. And in her own words, she's going. She's breaking the norms once again, and she's going to Solana to experience other communities and other people that cannot go or don't want to come to ETH. Um, any thoughts about this, Jeff? Uh, going to another L1? Would you go to an L1, Michelle? Would you go to a different one it, besides besides ETH? Yeah, it's interesting, and I think it's a very personal choice. I think it's great that we're breaking the stigma that things have to be on main chain in order to be taken seriously. That I really appreciate and that I really can respect. Personally, I just like the idea of being on main chain. That being said, we have to think of people that cannot necessarily afford the minting and gas fees to go and do that on a main chain. And there's a very large population of crypto natives that are not financially in that position, you know, whether they live in a third world country or whether it just simply isn't an option for them, you know, minting on a side chain, you know, creates, it makes it a lot easier for them. And if you're someone who is environmentally conscious, again, you know, it makes more sense. So it's not necessarily something that I see in my immediate future, but I love that it's being, that Kath is really pushing the boundaries and going like, I'm a prolific artist. People know me and I've always minted on main chain, but why? Why is it perceived to be so much more valuable? And it's an interesting debate. I think a lot of a lot of what we're seeing right now, you know, we need to have a discussion. We need to have a debate and argue whether the, are the is the way that we're doing it necessarily the best way. Um, and I think that's the beauty of the space, right? We have movers and shakers like that, you know, putting out a project and going, and let's talk about it. And I really, really, really love that. I think that in itself is worth more than anything else is an open point to have discussion about the way that things are being done and potentially the way that it could be done. Yeah, I, I, I definitely, I think it's valuable to branch out. And I think it's valuable to question whether or not we're fulfilling all of our promises here on ETH, you know? And something that we've decided to do with Big Hugs, the PFP collection is we're minting on optimism, which Honestly, it's terrifying because I'm like, no one's going to want to go to Optimism, even though I think it's a superior chain. It's just, yeah. you know, it's still ETH, but it's just a, a layer two. So, <laughs> and I get it. If you're minting something that's like, um, 
50 bucks. If you go to Optimism or Solana or Tezos, you can mint it for $51, right? <laughs> I do think this picture by Kath is a little bit more expensive. And so I'm like, well, she's not saving people gas money because it's no nope. barely expensive. People that buy her photos don't care about the gas money. Yeah, I think it makes it more complicated to display things. I, I guess my only, I, I think it's great. We should branch out. My only question is like, should we branch out to Solana? I'm not a fan of Solana. It's too centralized for me. Mm -hmm. And it always breaks down. That's the only thing I have against yeah. it. But I think as I, an artist, she's fantastic and she can do whatever she wants. Yeah, I think it's also, it's easier for someone that's quite prolific in the space already. Because I think what the distinction needs to be made that the majority of your sort of like big collectors, they are main chain, that's where they are. And for you to be able to pull them off there, now they have to go wrap their ETH and change it into something else, whatever, you know, platform or L2 you're going to be selling on you've got a much tougher job because you now need to onboard people that are heavily vested into, you know, L1 chain. And that's a challenge. And I feel like you would need someone with a big enough, uh, you know, persona such as Kat, yeah. to be able to do that. I think for uh, emerging artists, it would be a lot harder. I think bridging the, the lowest sort of sale amount into a much higher sale amount on an L2 chain purely because the big buyers are not there yet. Maybe they will be there. Um, so it's really interesting. Um, I'm definitely one to, to look forward to seeing what happens with that. Yeah, my, my take on this is, and if um, some people know this, I, I'm quite open-minded to other L1s. Actually, I, um, I've been in crypto for a while now. And most of the money that I've done to be able to collect was done in other L1s. And ETH, I only use ETH to art purely. Um, DeFi, I use DeFi in AVAX. I used to do DeFi in Terra, not anymore. Um, but I think there's always, this is not going to be a game that is going to be owned by one chain. It's like, if we see chains as a company, it's not, it's not going to be a market of one company. There are several companies that are going to have different, uh, different PowerPoints and different um, things that we will gain from going there. Uh, recently, I, I, I'm in Tessas as well, and I've been collecting in Tessas, and it's super, it's super nice Love to be able Tessas. to collect there. Love it. Um, it's another L1, uh, you know, and yeah, I'm, I'm super happy. My take on this is I'm super happy that Kathy's doing this. As uh, Jeff, I'm a little bit concerned about Solana, and about the, the the lack of the decentralization that there is there. But I think going forward, this will go and be solved step by step. And because well, ETH was is is already already works for since 2015. Uh, Solana works for has less years of experience. So let's give them time. But yeah, we needed someone to go there and Kath did that. And I really appreciate you did. I just realized I didn't put the picture up. Should we put it up? Yeah, we can. Yeah. yeah, sorry about that. Jeez Louise. Like, uh... Meanwhile. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to speak. Ab while you do that. Yeah. I, I wanted to speak about um, a gallery. Oh, well, okay. Let's talk about. Sorry. I just want to look at this picture. It's how oh, this always happens. This is not going to open. Oh, I'm so sad. Why? Oh, there it is. There we go. Uh, I mean, that's yeah, I mean, so talented. Gorgeous. 
it's incredible. It's and I have a lot of respect for what she does. I think there's there's a big misconception that, oh, you know, you take a couple of photos and you smash them together. What people don't realize is the amount of planning, the amount of physical strain that she puts her body through to try and get these photographs. And the planning behind it is like mind blowing. Um, and I'll admit, like, I'll be the first to admit I never knew what the amount of work that goes into photos like this until I started to really deep dive and, um, I just, you know, listen do to you know, her. Do you know if the, I know that the sky, like the sky is another photo and, and the mountains is another photo and then everything is matched, but do you know if the sky is her own photo or is it taken from like a database or from I think everything is her own. I, I can't really speak to that, but I would assume that everything would be her her photographs that she had taken. Yeah. Yeah. So if you really like this photo, it's just forty five thousand pounds. Uh dollars. No big deal. <laughs> Casual. <laughs> I unfortunately missed the cat boat long ago. And now I just yes. all of us watch and admire and I will be I'll be there as a cheerleader on the sideline, but but I can't yeah. be collecting at even, this point. Even, even her edition, her edition, <laughs> I was going to, I thought about buying her edition. Her edition of 100 or 200 is one ETH. It's a lot, yeah. You know what? Yeah. I'm glad she's there carving that path. Carving that price path for us? Good, let's do it. Yeah. So, um, next, like I was telling before, uh, I wanted to speak about... Uh, uh, a gallery that we you can find on on cyber and it's a gallery from our friend Luis Iruela and I hope I'm saying his name correctly so what we like about this collection is uh, this gallery is that uh, Luis just made um, a new a, a curation on this platform of works that he likes from other artists and is photos that are completely different from the theme that he normally shoots. So he normally shoots um, uh, landscapes and, and he chose to do a gallery about portraits. And I have to say that the gallery is beautiful. I have to say that I've, after seeing the gallery, I got to know people that I didn't. And I just wanted to say thank you, Louis, because I'm glad that I can see, well, for sure other people have been doing, but well, I, I, I speak with you quite a lot. And I'm glad that you've done a curation yourself that is different from the things that you normally do, um, which just opens me, opens like a, a whole new field for me because there's a lot of things in here that I didn't know. So thank you for that. And I, and I would advise everyone to, to go to the gallery and see it for yourself. I know oh. that Jeff went there as well and he wanted to speak about some photos here. Can you see, can you see the gallery? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I'm making... trying to like zoom in as close as I can to see it all because this collection is just incredible. It kind the of diversity in here is just incredible. This type of gallery kind of makes me sick, like motion sick. Um, <laughs> but what's cool is this this opened me up to buying a photo. I bought well, big hugs bought this photo over here, the one we looked at in the beginning. Oh, oh there's okay. some burger. That's a cool. portrait. Yeah, which I didn't know who that was. I think it's Stacy Bueller. <clears throat> and uh, I just thought it was fantastic. I'd never seen it. And so through this gallery, you know, I found someone new. What I really like about it, honestly, is uh, see if I can get out of here. Sorry. This is like, <laughs> oh, God. Okay. There we go. Oh, no. I did it again. There we go. 
Um, what I love it is is like uh, it feels like now artists and just anyone in the community is like taking the initiative and saying like let's build this gallery, let's put a bunch of people I like in it, and let's just show it to people. And you know, if this whole gallery like culminated in like one person getting purchased, I think that's like a huge plus, and I think it's great. So I encourage everyone to go make a gallery of your favorite things. I just feel like it's a yeah. really cool way. It's like retweeting, but like way better, you know? Yeah, and I'm, I'm expecting the future. This will happen more and more. And for sure, there will be people and our foundation already has that, that if you retweet um, a photo or if you, if you put a link, you get 1% if that photo is, is bought through your link. So I'm assuming then in the future, cyber will have something like that. I knew it would be nice because everybody is, is working together. I didn't you know? know that. So that you, there's like referral bonuses? Yep. Oh. If you go on foundation on the bottom, I think there's one thing in there that you can say, share this photo. And if someone buys through that link, you get 1%. That's really cool. That's I also yeah. had no idea. What I love about the gallery curation is, you know, in, in the traditional world, you'll put a show together or you curate a show. And the way that the pieces live, the way that they sit next to each other, that's a very big part of, of you know, the way that you present your projects, the way that you present your collection. And there's been a big sort of like, it's always been forgotten. You know, when we upload projects onto, you know, OpenSea as an example, we've got no say into which way these pieces get shown. They just randomly get put up there. So even as, you know, for an artist, or especially, you know, someone up and coming, it's a brilliant way to be able to put your photos in the way that you wanted them to be. And then you can show potential collectors, you know, go browse through there just to get the experience close enough to what it would have been like walking through a gallery. And um, it's always interesting to see. It makes a really big impact, I think, personally. Um, I'm with you, Jeff, that sometimes I have to limit my time in those rooms because I'm like, ooh, okay, I just <laughs> need to go stand yeah, somewhere for a second. <clears throat> I think you can use as well monolith from Chikai. You know, yes, I think is a, a is great way of doing that as well. Yeah. So um, Jeff is going to put the, the link uh, for this gallery uh, on the description. Right, Jeff? Oh, yeah. That's my job. And guys, just go there, check it out, and and buy one if you want to. And if, yeah, if you don't want to, try two. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> That's what I do. I just like use all the money I don't have to buy stuff. Um, yeah. So the next thing we're going to talk about, and again, I'm probably going to murder this name because I've never met these people in real life. This is like a better argument for going to New York again. But um, Eric Bulkins. Yeah. I'm going to say it's Eric Bulkins. I wanted to always call it Bucklins. But anyways, it's not yeah. It's Bulkins. Um, Eric Bulkins is let me share this with you his oh can't do it that way there we go sorry about that um his project it's on rareable it's called reenactments and it's like a story that i kind of knew about peripherally i think i ruined that word but where it's just kind of like uh i'd heard about it he talked about it a little bit on a space. I caught a little bit of it, but I didn't know the full story. <clears throat> but these are photos from his grandfather. And then he, his grandfather was a 
police. He was like a he was like one of the first traffic uh like investigators so if there was a car crash he would go and investigate like how it happened but this is like right right when these things were starting to happen so this is you know it was he was the first one in these jobs and um you know so he would take these photos and then analyze them and be like well it's this person's fault because you know these little lines on the street show me that this person hit this car this way or whatever like that and he was a mechanic um and became kind of like this police photographer and <clears throat> i gotta be honest at first i was a little bit like that's cool you know someone's minting a bunch of photos that are not theirs and so for me it made a little less sense it felt less i don't know it felt less than to be completely honest. And I think I judged it in a way that was completely unfair um, until I read his thread, which I asked about. Uh, and it talked about his, his grandfather <laughs> near the end of his life, talking about all these, talking about all these crime scenes <clears throat> and um, talking about all the kind of trauma that he went through while he had this job and he it was that generation of men that was just like, push all your emotions down into inside and hold them until you break kind of uh, generation. And honestly, once I, I purchased one of his photos and once I'd been through kind of what this whole collection was about, it, um, it reminded me of the song in Hamilton. And I don't know if either of you've seen Hamilton. But um, I don't want to ruin it for everyone, but I'll give a brief like description of this song. I was watching Hamilton. I was lucky enough to see it when it was original cast and I watched the whole thing and I was like, oh, this is an amazing, you know, for me, it blew my mind. And I was like, this is an amazing story about this man. And at the very end, there's a song called Who Lives, Who Dies, Who Tells Your Story or something like that. And the song hit me like a wall of bricks. It was like, suddenly at the end of the at the end of the play you realize that the whole thing isn't really about Hamilton it's about like legacy and I get really choked up talking about this stuff for some reason I don't know why but I think there's like this weird thing about having a legacy after you die that is like so it's like this subject that like haunts me and so yeah. I always get like choked up when I talk about it but like the fact that like his wife was the one that told the whole story afterwards and spent like 50 years doing it is like actually the best part of the whole story in Hamilton. So when you hear the song, you just like die inside because you're like, oh. yeah. anyways, it's like really emotional. And I'm trying not to get emotional because when I saw this, I was like, Eric is doing that for his grandfather. And so like, it felt really personal and amazing so this collection like really touches me i'm definitely going to buy one um it's kind of, it just came out like a month ago and uh you know the subject matter is like grim but for me the subject matter is really about who carries on your legacy after you die so yeah so for me it's like really personal um mm -hmm. 
what how do you guys feel about this I don't want to like <laughs> shovel that emotion on you but like Bernardo like what are your thoughts when you see this so I'm I've bought I I think one of the, the I think the first or the second picture I bought on this space was a picture from Herrick and if you go to my open sea it will be a picture about a, uh, a bike, a bicycle that is noted with a lot of notes around the bicycle. And at the time I just found, so I knew that it was from his grandfather and that the grandfather was, as you said, um, a specialist in accidents or something like that. And I just found that uh, I loved, I loved the, the kind of photo and now it more into specifically the photos because we, you are looking at an object, or in this case, an animal, and all of a sudden, that is not the subject. The subject of the picture is not that, is the notation there. So it has a twist in there. So you see a photo, and then it's not the, the subject is not the photo, it's not what you see in the, in the center, it's like the notations. Then you look at the notations, and you try to understand why are the notations there, and the, there's a whole story. And then if you start to see the notations, you can start to think what happened there. So there's a whole story on each photo. So then the first collection was about um, the accident itself and the objects that were in the accident. The second uh, collection that he had that is in OpenSea as well, he's called Chalk Lines, I think. And it's about, uh, well, accidents that happened and then it's just the chalk lines. That for me, because it, the subject is not, uh, the subject is much more specifically in there, that is the chalk lines. Um, I didn't like it so much. So I like the, the first collection more. And now this one, again, this is the best collection of them all. This reenactments is amazing for me because, and this is a very personal as, as well, but in terms of, of, of what it is like, this is a photo of someone that is reenacting someone in 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 having like postures and and doing stuff like i don't even know how to how to explain this but it's a reenactment of reenactment of of notes on the on the photo of people that are not doing that um naturally organically and and that makes it even even better you know so i have a different old take about about this this photo so yes i understand the legacy and i never thought about the legacy that way um recently i've been seeing photos from my grandfather as well because we had a funeral a few a few months ago and i have a full box of photos from him and yes the photos is a is a wonderful way to to talk about legacy and to, and there are stories about those photos that I didn't know about and just by looking at that photo and you can ask your grandmother or you can ask your father or and you have all that story but on this collection what bring what I love about it apart from that legacy is the originality and how, how this is a, a, a theater basically you are seeing a theater in in, in a photo and I love it. I love it. It's really amusing. It's really original. And yeah. Yeah. Good work. It's twofold for me, actually, because I've got, I'm sitting on, on both your sides and I'm saying one, it's really, really beautiful that something that was quite a traumatic 
long experience right like I think doing this for a long time especially like you said Jeff when it's it wasn't a time when mental health was anything to be discussed the things you see you should have just like you know bury and, and tuck away and to have you know uh, someone look at those photos and, and see a different way see it as art see it as beauty and want to share that that's magical because it's taking something that was perhaps a little bit emotional and, and traumatic and, and turning that and say there, there is beauty here, there's beauty to be found. And apart from that, you know, I'm huge when it comes to provenance. I'm huge to when it comes to documenting our stories. Like this is, it's really important to me as a collector myself, you know, growing up with my mother, always collecting things, art galleries, antiques, all these things. The story behind these pieces are vital to their existence. Like you know, it's fine if you just know who bought it, who sold it and so on and so on and a gallerist or whoever will keep track of that. We're losing the essence of that. We're losing who this person was, what happened, who was his grandfather. To be able to cement this on the blockchain, that's huge. You know, his archive could burn down, anything could happen and that work would be lost forever. And I feel like there is a very important part where we are almost responsible to go back into the archives, to go back into the history. And obviously only if you have the rights to do this, this is very, very important. You yeah. cannot go and mint people's work that you do not have the rights to. But if you have the full rights, I think it is our responsibility to mint that on the blockchain. I think it's our responsibility to diligently mint that. And what I mean by that is, you know, you almost need to look at it as we've got one chance. We need to make sure that as much information as data that we can put to that photograph is in there. So I like, I mean, this is the first time I've seen this body of work and I'm absolutely blown away. Um, and I really want to deep dive more into it because it ticks every single box. It's historic. It's something that should be cemented. It's something that we should be looking at. It's a beautiful journey um, in terms of the author of this work and for Eric to be able to tell his story. Um, there's just so many sort of different paths that would never really have been possible before this. Um, and, you know, we could put together gallery shows or, or you know, uh, retrospectives on an artist's life or retrospect retrospective on, on a body of work, but it's then only being viewed by the people who can walk into that gallery. And all of a sudden we can all, like I, there was, there would be no way that I would ever have seen this work if it wasn't on the blockchain. Agreed. Um, yeah. And that to me is just, it's incredible. And yeah, I'm gonna, I've literally just like made a note. <laughs> I screenshotted it up. Like I'm gonna go Wonderful. back after we wrap. Yeah, it's gorgeous. But I just, wanted, I just wanted to say one thing about what you said now, and I think is really important. And I think more people are going to look at this, um, look at this uh, um, way of, of doing things. Um, using, using the blockchain as a eternal vault is something that people will do more and more. Uh, one of the things that I've done recently is some drawings from my daughter that she's two years old now. I'm minting that on the blockchain. The reason why is that my wife will always have it. That's for sure. But if it was up to me, <laughs> that that drawing would never see uh, uh, outside of uh, uh, a draw a drawer in in about a year at time. I didn't know where it was, you know. And if I can use the blockchain, and I've been using the blockchain to do that, so I've been minting my daughter's uh, drawings. So I never forget. So now it's with me forever. So where that's another capability of, where, of the blockchain. Where can we go to purchase your daughter's 
Um, ah, you can't. Know. You can make a. You can make a. A, a bit. A yeah. sneaky offer. <laughs> I'm joking. That's. Yeah, I don't want to linger too long on this, but I. I really do think that. You know, his grandfather would be very, very pleased to see, pe random people, on the internet talking about his work. I, I, and I think. I think I think I, I don't want, I'm not completely sure, but I think Eric told me and whenever I spoke with him um, that he's thinking of doing a book, photo book with that. And I think it would be really good. And imagine we are people that buy these photos are helping Eric in achieving that, which is the best, one of the best ways to have that uh, legacy that you were talking about, Jeff. Uh, I think a book is is something that can stay yeah. for centuries as well you know yeah um last piece of news let's move on I, this is gonna be a hard transition because it's not it's like way <laughs> way less like tear jerky personal but um <laughs> always exciting to see people building things on uh in the photography community and um for me one of those people or one of those groups is a uh, camera person. It's like a camera person NFT. Um, I'm not going to go too far into this. I just want to mention um, that they are minting right now. So what it is, is it's, it was a PFP project and the PFPs were really cheap to the point where they were minting and I bought like 40 of them. I was like, oh, these are cool. It was like 0 0.001 or something like that. Um, and I bought 40 of them and it's a really great project where if you're a photographer, you buy one and then you bring it back to them and say, you mint, you mint your own photo into this collection and then they mint this collection. So this is a collection of the people who collected these PFPs. Um, cool. And so they minted the PFP probably four months ago now. And now the uh, photography collection is being minted uh, for 0 0.05 and all of that money goes straight to the photographer. So the yep. thing I really like about this is that they're democratizing the ability to get your work out there. Um, <clears throat> I think I really love what all the big galleries are doing. I love what the big curated <coughs> like quantum and assembly and fellowship, like they're bringing on amazing people. But I also feel like there's this other community of people who aren't necessarily getting their shot on quantum um, or, you know, fellowship or whatever. And I think this is a great way to organize those photographers, be it, you know, beginner photographers or whoever to, I didn't mean to say beginner photographers. That's like, sounds derogative, really good photographers that don't have as much press. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, or don't have as much hype because I think there's a lot of, you know, I think we talked about it before we started recording, which is there's this like bias towards English speaking, you know, anyone in NFTs. And so getting and connecting with the right people is hard. And so I'm experiencing that right now. Uh, when you need help to like put something out or to promote something, it's really hard to get people's attention. Suddenly, like they don't want to hear from you. So I can imagine this being a really cool way for almost any photographer to get their work minted and bought 
because it's a blind mint. So I minted one, I think there's probably about 70 left. I think it was 165. Um, so come on here, go over here and, you know, support these artists. I think it's a really cool initiative and um, yeah, I cheer it on. What do you I love that. thoughts? <laughs> no, no, exactly what you said. I think it's one other platform that is uh, doing some curation and differently from the other creation platforms that we have, which are like, like you said, assembly and quantum and fellowship and obscura that all of them are, are giving space to or already known people or people that are from outside of the space and they are bringing me inside, which is really important as well. But I see there is a lack of help for the people that are already in the space, already in the community, that we see the name all the time, all the time, all the time, and they don't have sometimes the platform to be able to show their case in a more, um, like, not professional, but yeah, to have some, some someone to shout out their name, you know, and and if there are if they are people doing that, and I know that Big Ox is going to be um, a platform to, to do that as well, the Big Ox Studio. And I think is important because there's a lack on that market. Yeah. Yeah. I think support is key, you know, and it's, it's also intimidating. I think for whether you're an incredible photographer, whether you're established in web two, whether all these things, it's intimidating for many of us. And I think like, like we're all entrepreneurs in our own right. Right. But a lot of people are not, a lot of people are artists. They're not sure how to wear the marketing hat. They're not sure how to promote themselves. It doesn't come naturally feels incredibly forced and they get into this situation where they don't actually know what to do so they don't do much projects like this allows for you to come together you don't feel like you're alone you're surrounded by other photographers there's a team behind you and that makes a huge difference it's almost less about styling and more about being part of something and having the support of others and that's what excites me with drops like this well said so let's... Yeah, we can see that she she works with brands, you know. Yeah, <laughs> she has a touch for this. Can I hire you? Um, I've been around the block. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's move on. Let's talk about let's talk about you. I feel yeah, like. Yeah. What do you want to know? <laughs> you know, what's your favorite food? No, just kidding. Um, let's talk about your photography. You know, why don't you give us like a, a brief introduction? as to how you got okay. into it and cool and we could just start showing your stuff yeah so it was i've always had a camera in my hand my dad was never a professional photographer he's actually a veterinarian but he always had this old little pentax and that's what he shot with so i grew up like always surrounded by cameras and i started shooting ended up going to college for design and marketing so that's what i studied um but again photography was always there so I started going into fashion photography. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't, I didn't feel like it was fulfilling. When, when it went from me trying to get into agencies, you know, doing my own creative work and trying to impress people to working for clients, the love fell away because I was no longer shooting what I wanted to shoot. And a couple of years, must've been nine years ago, we, my then business partner and I came to New York. We were shooting men's fashion at that stage. And I really wanted to show the human behind the model, right? Like this is not just someone who's an object, but they're a person. So we came up with this thing that was called model diaries. And I would, 
go and follow the model around, you know, from morning through to evening, whatever they had planned that day, I was just candidly hovering and photographing them. And I found such enjoyment in doing that, not having to style, not having to prep anything, just being able to capture the essence of a person or attempt to capture es the essence of a person. And um, the next thing I found, I was like, this is all I want to be doing. I do no not want to be creating the scene I photograph. I want to photograph whatever happens naturally. And I never went back to fashion. That was it. I immediately said, no, nope, I'm done. If I pick up a camera, I'm picking up a camera to shoot for me. And that was a very, very interesting transition. So for the last nine years, I've just been shooting strangers candidly. Um, I myself find immense therapy in what I do. Um, my, I'm, I have tremendous anxiety. My mind is always running at like a million miles an hour. But when I pick up my camera, I, I quieten down. It's like for that instance, I everything is still. And I always try and look for emotions in others, connection. I have a fascination with connection um, and how strangers, how the world kind of brings people together. I'm very philosophical <laughs> in the way that I think. Um, but this was my first collection that I put together. So it was um, photographs taken from the other side. Um, so through glass, through moving objects, um, being separate from, which was really interesting. Um, and it was a body of work that I that I've, I have shot over, I think it was about six years, um, which is very difficult to curate like 30 images out of such a large image bank. It is it's a challenge. Um, so this, yeah, that was my first body of work. Um, since then, I'm I'm only launching my new collection now, so it's been it's been can a year. I, can yeah. I ask you on this old older collection? You said you've been yeah. shooting it for six years. So before the blockchain came around, obviously, yeah. yeah. What was your plan for this? Like, what was your plan for this? There was collection? never a plan. Like for me, I never saw being in South Africa, living in Cape Town the galleries, the artist perception, street photography, documentary photography, not really a thing that gets collected. So I never looked at this as being a money-making thing. I never looked at it as being an income. Um, Studio Co, Studio Collective is my design agency that I've been running for seven years. And that's, that's you know, where the money comes from. And I always made sure to keep photography my passion. You know, I never wanted to fall back into that trap where that what happened with fashion I loved shooting fashion but then I I lost it and I never ever ever wanted that to happen with this collection or with this with my street photography so my pure goal was just photograph for me and I would put it on Instagram and I would put it all over but that was it that's where it ended you know we've done a couple of gallery shows but again like I said you know it's, it's not something that people would generally want to collect um and when I it's interesting because when I want to launch this collection, yeah, I thought to myself, if I look back at my work that I sold in galleries, it's usually um, furtive pieces where you can't see the face. Um, and, but it's, you know, I shoot faces. That's what I did for a very long time. Faces, hands, intimate photos. And I just decided, you know what? I'm not going to put up another barrier. I've been putting up barriers my whole life saying, no, I can't do this because people won't buy it or X, Y, Z. And I just decided I'm putting down faces, intimate faces of people. And 
if someone connects with it, they connect with it and people connected with it. And I was absolutely blown away. Um, yeah. Hmm. I have a question now. Yeah. Hmm. So you were saying that um, galleries and collectors, trad collectors don't buy these type of photos. Yeah, so, traditionally I struggled. Uh, so is, is, is it a completely a different market on like the collectors from NFTs are completely different from the other collectors that are not in the NFTs? I believe and so. Why, I believe. why do you think that that is? Mm, very good question. And I think it's, it's twofold. I think there, the, the freedom that the space has given us, the collective base, a lot of guys and, and women in the space do not necessarily come from a traditional art market. They've either been in crypto since a very long time, they were big in DeFi, they were traders, um, or they were most recently PFP flippers, but it's different, right? So they're not coming in with a preconceived notion of what is good art or what is considered a good photograph and what is technically this and technically that. I think in the traditional world, we're so bogged down by what other people think, you know, what, you know, society and it's, it's snobby. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to yeah. beat around the bush. Like the traditional art market is a very elitist snobby circle. That's what and, Jeff tells all the time. He's, he yeah. has a battle on that. <laughs> oh, it's and like, you know, and now, now we're in the space where it's DJs and they don't care about that stuff. If they love a photo, they love a photo and they're going to collect it or a piece of art, whether it's Jane art or illustration, whatever it is. The second thing that I think plays a really important role is the way that we observe and the way that we interact and engage with the pieces that we buy. Very often we'll either have revolving screens. I think most people right now don't even have a way to display this in their house. So, you know, traditionally you'd walk into a gallery. My work is generally printed really large formats. So we're talking like A1, A0 and upwards. Do you want a photo of a 1.5 meter stranger hanging in your lounge? Probably not. But will you have a revolving screen the size of a TV and it's on there for like 15, 20 minutes? The way we engage with this is different. And I think that that also hugely affects what we buy because it's no longer a permanent item, but it's one of many that you get to display in a way that you want. And that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. And Jeff, do you mind me asking me another? Oh, so I ask fine, go ahead. I'll keep on my questions. <laughs> keep, go ahead. <laughs> do you think that is going to change how people do art? Completely. Like, the fact that NFT exists and there are another type of collectors and there are other people that are buying and they like different things or they give value for other things, is that going to change what artists do or is that going to, or one thing is, is that going to change the artists or is that going to change the market because other artists are going to be collected? I think it's a bit of both, to be honest. I think in, in Web2, you were put in a very stringent box. So you were a photographer, a painter, a this or a that. And the galleries and the people kind of knew you for one thing. And if you try and step out of that, it was like, mm, it wasn't as receptive. I paint, I'm, a, I'm an oil painter, I've painted my whole life. But I felt like, you know, from the Instagram era, you portray yourself as a photographer, street and documentary. And if you step outside of that, all of a sudden, nobody, nobody sees your work and the algorithm destroys you. So we've been put into boxes as artists, which I can't stand. Now we move into Web3 and all of a sudden, 
not only does the technology allow us to really push our boundaries, but our collectors are so much more receptive that they, you know, they bank on us as an individual. When they buy an artist's work, they buy into the artist, not necessarily just what they're creating. So I think that we're going to start seeing incredible collaborations. We're going to start seeing artists go, well, I don't just need to do this. I've got a smart contract that allows me to do insane things if I can find the developer who's able to do that. So now you're no longer just a photographer, but you're almost a multidisciplinary artist because you're considering code, you're considering the photo itself, you're considering how it's gonna live after it's been minted. And you know all these real life events like NFTC um, and everything else that we can go to, you start meeting other creative people who are equally hyped up on, on the options. And all of a sudden we're having conversations, throwing ideas around, and now you're finding a photographer emerging with an illustrator emerging with a musician. And that would never have happened as easy and seamlessly. So I think the way that we engage and perceive artists are vastly going to change. And we're gonna stop looking at them as a photographer or a painter and start looking at them as an artist, which includes lens-based art or X, Y, Z. But I think it gives us a lot more freedom. That's just oh. my very long-winded two cents. <laughs> no, oh, I love it. Wonderful. <laughs> I lingered on this photo because I actually, I'm like really appreciative that you've come on with us today because I didn't, I think like there's this frenzied feeling when you're collecting where you're like, I got to collect all the things and I got to do it quickly. And, um, and you don't give enough time for like a photo to really set in sometimes. Sometimes I can see a photo and instantly be like, it's great, I'm gonna buy it. But sometimes I remember seeing your work back when we first had the conversation about which camera should I buy, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I got. <laughs> I got that camera and I never use it. Anyways. Um, well, that's what happened with me. <laughs> yeah, you should have warned me. But you did actually. Anyways. So it's a camera thing. You, sh you have to tell me which camera is because it's a camera that likes to be left alone. I can yeah. see. It's a, yeah, it's a privacy camera. No, um, <laughs> back then I looked at your stuff and I was like, this is really good, but I didn't get it. I didn't understand it the way I'm like understanding it in this moment right now. And now that you've described it, I, I don't know, like this photo right here, I want this photo on my wall staring back at me, like not every 20 minutes, but like every day. I could blow this up to massive on my wall. I'm actually yeah, getting yeah. like a tiny section of the basement that we're building. It's just <laughs> me. And it's just going to be like all big blow up pictures. And this one is just, this is like candy to me. And, may, and I know that like utility podcast has a bias towards probably similar looking photos, but this is right up my lane. And I, I just think it's a really special photo and I'm angry that I can't have it because Freaking Billy has it. Yeah, you'll have to fight Billy for that There's one. There's no way I'm getting that uh, out of Billy. <laughs> but um, I just well, want to say- You always have right-click save. This collection is stunning. And I'm I'm actually sad that I didn't grab one. I could get one for 70th. Holy cow. You're, I know. Um, I, you're my, my collectors, I love them to bits. I think it's, it's difficult, right? Because you're... Okay, let's go back. PFP has kind of tell well it set the perception let's start there it set the perception that in order to be successful in the nft space as a photographer or an artist you need to launch a project and if that project doesn't sell out in a day eh, fail 
Yeah. And I, I don't like that. And, and, you know, I try and mention this in every single thing that I'm on. If you walk into a traditional art gallery and you go and ask for, let's say, Jeff, you're an artist. And I go, do you have any of Jeff's work? Chances are that they'll walk to the back and pull something from the archives. You don't have, it's not about how fast you sell. Yeah. And especially with photography. And, and I, I love that you brought it up that at first you didn't get it. Photography is like that. It's, it's an innately very personal thing, you know, it's literally the way we see. When I photograph, it's a part of me. It's something that I that I really connected with. And it's personal. I spent 15 years of my creative journey seeing like this, you know, connecting like this. I cannot expect a collector who's never seen my work, who's never had a conversation with me to instantly get that. Photography is something that you need to spend time with. And is- because it's something that you need to spend time with, collections should take longer to sell because it shouldn't be this frenzy of like oh i'm just gonna grab this because i want to get it and flip it that's fine if that's the kind of artist that you want to support but for the most most of the time you have to spend a little bit of time maybe talk to someone sit with it um and really experience it do you want the password to get into this oh <laughs> well, it to you. <laughs> i'm sorry i didn't mean to do that to you i didn't i realized that i left this on password <laughs> just let it slip <laughs> It just let, just let it slip through. <laughs> um, I would love that because I would love to look at some of your new stuff and talk yeah, about your new cool. stuff. I'll jump out so you guys can't see what I'm typing. I, I will say that in all of your photos, you have this like one color palette. It's yeah. Like this dark green or something like that. That I Yeah, yeah you just, can tell. I, I'm in love with. It's so great. You can tell that is your photos. You know, and I, I, I got to know your work, I think, through Rodau because yeah. they collected it. And I'm part of Rodau when I saw your photos because they acquired them. And they were whenever we, you could buy one of your photos for three. Because yeah. I love I love that one about the door with the hands coming through. And I think like the hands, you just show the hands. And yeah. I always like like those photos. Um and I think it was about three ETH. And at the time, it was already priced out for me. And which is, well, congratulations for you. Thank um, you. <laughs> but yeah, I got to know you. And you already, whenever I got in this space, you were already one of the OGs, you know? <laughs> it's, been, we... it's been a really cool journey, I must say. Like, you know, starting with that collection. And, and that's what I wanted to touch on. My collectors, I got really lucky that none of them are flippers. They... I'm pretty certain if none of them ever sold a photograph or never had to sell one of my photographs, they'd probably be okay with it because when I do speak to them about trying to sell something, they generally, they don't really want to let it go. And I think that's the difference between photography and many other mediums. When you collect a photo, you it's, it's very personal and, and genuinely 99% of the time it's because you love it. It's difficult for collectors to separate themselves from that, right? Agreed. Um, so I think the buying process is very different. I think how we've kind of normalized a floor climbing and all of that stuff. It, we can't look at photography and art with the same eye that we look at profile pictures. And it's going to be a slow transition, but I, I, I think we need, to, we need to start making that distinction. Um, but yeah, my, my new project's entry point will be much lower. So <laughs> Do you want to talk about your decision? Was it a conscious decision to go out and shoot hands yeah so i'll i'll sort of go back when when COVID hit i was in south africa we were really i mean they were stringent with laws like 
it was myself, my then boyfriend, who I had only known for three weeks. So we decided to just like go in and move in together. I know three years later, Yikes. we're still solid. So it worked out. But I was stuck in this tiny apartment. I was not able to shoot. I was not able to go outside other than going to the shop. And for someone like me, that's you've, you've cut my hands off. You've stopped me from being able to process my emotion, that this is how I deal. It's a, it's a very big part of my therapy. And my only way to kind of relive that was by going back into my archives, deep diving. I even started digitally painting some of my photos again. And the one thing that I realized was throughout the years, there were so many photos that I've taken specifically of hands, of feet popping out of like odd little places or sections of a body that, that really does tell a story, you know, the way that someone's holding themselves or the way that they're clamping their hands together. And I realized that during COVID, we, we covered up, we always with masks and hats and that got taken away, right? So immediately that layer got stripped. And I started realizing that we can put makeup on our faces. We can put a brave smile on our faces. The one thing you cannot hide is your hands. They age, they leave scars behind. Like I said, my anxiety, I'm a picker. You can, you can tell my mental state by looking at my hands. If my hands are in a terrible state, internally, I'm struggling. And I just started noticing hands, hands, hands everywhere. And I wanted to tell that story. And I just really connected with it. Also, pre-COVID, I used to shoot very furtively, very far away. I would still get close, but it would be quick instances. When you're photographing a lot of these photos or, or, or large portion of them, I was shooting on an 85 but I still got extremely close. So it was half me really going, I need to push myself out of my comfort zone um, and really focus on the details, the intricacies that we often overlook. Um, and this collection, so to go back, we spoke about provenance and we spoke about Eric's work and the importance of, of leaving a story behind and telling a story. So Hidden Stories was born from that concept where I really wanted the ability for my collectors to add a hidden story to the pieces that they own in order to form a part of that provenance. You know, as Jeff, if, if you collect a photograph and then Bernardo collects it from you, you both have connected for a single love of that piece. So you're connected through it. I have a fascination with who were the people that came before me. So if you walk into an antique store and you touch a table, I want to know like who's had dinner around this, what arguments happened here, what jokes were told. Like, I want to know about the people who own the art because it's equally as important as the art itself. It's part of that art journey. But we're so focused on selling prices and you know all of that, that we forget that there's a story attached to this work. It's not just a thing that has monetary value. Um, so I wanted to be able to do that. So with Hidden Stories, the first chapter is called Sight of Hand, which is just a complete retros re retrospective and a focus on, on the details and what we can't hide, which is our hands. The next chapter might be something completely different um, and so on and so forth. But everything will be under the Hidden Stories with the utility to be able to add as a collector to forever add one story to the metadata of the photo. So my God. This That's is, let me just say, because this is the, was the first time I heard this, because I didn't know about yeah. this collection. I knew you yeah, were going yeah. to drop a collection, and Jeff told me that you were going to drop a collection, but I didn't know which one was it. I just yeah. wanted, I just knew your work before. And actually, I just mentioned the hands, 
And I didn't, I had no idea you were going to bring a yeah. hands collection. <laughs> yeah. And, and you'll see even in from the other side, there's a couple of the hand photos, the one that you like shot in Cape Town with a man with his hands behind holding the door at, of the courthouse. Um, so yeah. congratulations. I love, well, your work is amazing. And the whole story behind it and what you're doing just increases the value. I just wanted to know how to, how can we get on the allow list up? Up, yeah, up, yeah, in the, sure. so, <laughs> up in there i'll send you all the deets we um as everything in web3 there's always unforeseen you know issues and the we wanted to launch before nfc nyc it was probably not the best <laughs> not the best move um because the 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 developer that we work with i mean he's we went to so many different devs to see if we could make this happen and most people just said like mm, this is this is not gonna we're not there yet and will johnson who's an absolute champ said i'll do this i'm gonna make this happen um and he's been working tirelessly to do this but the auditing process is tremendous so we've we've pushed back launch a little bit um but i'm leaving the site up i'm leaving allow list up i'm leaving you know we can i want to talk about it and and during the next couple of weeks, we'll be sharing a lot of the behind the scenes on what the UX would look like for uploading this work, how the contract works, and just start sharing our creative journey as Will continues to audit and get this ready for everyone. Um, it's not something that we want to rush. Um, it's something that hasn't been done before. And the last thing I want is to launch and then something is wrong and you can only add like one story or there's you know we just need to make sure it works yeah so the, yeah it's the, it's going to be out there for a while the thing that i want to highlight real quickly because you do probably have to cut out after this is that you kind of under understated the utility of it which is that you can as a collector add a story yeah. onto the metadata which yeah. is actually something that I had been thinking about for a project, not photography, but I was yeah. like, wouldn't it be cool to tell, to storytell on the blockchain? Like there has to be some mechanism for yeah. telling stories on the blockchain. And so the fact that you're going out and trying to do this is impressive. And let's just say that like, it will be available when it's perfect. You'll drop it when yeah. it's perfect, right? And I think that's I really... the best answer for when mint, you know, it's like yeah. when we have it exactly. perfect. When it's done. And, you know, I think it was, and it is, it, it not was, it is a very big learning curve for me. Um, you know, having run my agency for so long, I'm a stickler for a deadline. And I've realized that in this world, when we're doing something completely unprecedented, there are going to be many unforeseen issues. Like you could be ready and audit this contract the night before and realize I'm not 100% set that this is the right way. And then you need a pause. Because once it's there, it's there. You can't then go back and change something. So it's definitely been a major learning curve for me being able to let go and be okay with the fact that sometimes things happen. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really been an amazing process. And the one important thing that I do want to mention is I really want us to work and turn this into a protocol of sorts so that it is available for other people. I think the one thing that that I really did not enjoy about Web3 and traditional space was we it was so protected, right? Like it's yeah. this is my idea and my yeah. thing and I don't want other people to use it. I don't want to ever be a custodian of that behavior. So whatever I do, I've done it, it's out there. I wanna make it easy for other people to do too. 
I've had the means, I've had the privilege to be able to meet this team who's willing to go out on a massive limb in order to do this. Um, if I had to pay out of pocket, it wouldn't be possible. The cost would be astronomical. And I don't want that to be a barrier for anyone else. So it is within my future plans to make this a lot more accessible for anyone else to go and use. Like, oh. I don't, and it pushes me, right? Like, because now the tech would be out there. Someone else can go do that. Mine will no longer be that special. So now I need to think of the next thing. So it's a driving force for me as well. Well, I will definitely use whatever whatever stuff that you put out and learn because I think it's a wonderful technology. And um, your collection is breathtaking and I can't wait to, to purchase one and get in on being a collector. And yeah, I think honestly, we're going to cut the rest of the show because this was fantastic. <laughs> and we loved, we loved hearing about your stuff and the news was fun. So yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank this you so jab. much for, for visiting <laughs> with us and telling us about everything you're doing. Thanks for so, having yes. me. Thank you, Michelle. Um, yes, I think we need to cut now. And I think the, the third ray will find another way to do it or on the next episode or um, on other other platforms. We Michelle, can do... are we, are, are, is everyone going to make it? Just quickly. Yes. I think Just say yes something... or no. <laughs> yeah, I think the true answer no i think we have to be very receptive of, of toxic positivity in the space and realistic expectations i think you know and, and like you said i think this is worth maybe having a different space or doing another podcast on it because it's a whole thing in itself um but i think it's it's important to realize the amount of time and commitment it takes to make it in the space and by saying we're not all going to make it. That doesn't mean you're not good enough to make it. It doesn't mean that your work doesn't deserve to make it. It's the very harsh reality that not a lot of us are in a privileged situation where we can spend eight hours online. And the fact that others are makes it so much harder. So when we say we're not going to make it, it doesn't mean that you're not going to make it because you're not good. It means the very true reality is that we're not all going to be as privileged in order to spend the amount of time that it requires to make it in the space, at least not now. And that kind of spins off into a second conversation. There's a large responsibility for those of us who can spend that amount of time to identify the talent of those who cannot and help. And yeah, we can, we can well chat done. more on that going I forward. It. I just wanted to, can I say one thing? Can I say a very, yeah. a very quick thing about this? I think whenever we say we are gonna make it, I think we should define what each one want to make it because from yeah. for different people the the success the definition of success will be different yeah. and depending so on who you want to achieve um maybe we all gonna make it depending on the definition that we that we put on yeah. that i'm gonna make it exactly. to new york city next year that's my goal yeah <laughs> <laughs> very good so to wrap this up uh thank you so much michelle it was lovely to speak with you it was lovely to know your work and to know what's coming i'm eager to see what you bring to us um for the rest of us um thank you jeff once again to being a host here and i have to say goodbye to everyone just follow uh, follow big uggs on twitter follow big uggs on discord follow utility podcast on twitter because we have an account now if you want, if you have your own news that you wanted to share with us, please send us DMs, send us messages, or go to Discord and place it there. We have spaces for that. And well, see you next week. I hope everyone 
Have a nice week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye -bye. We'll talk soon. Bye.